This episode is brought to you by Novilla Mattresses. When it comes to your mother, you want her sleeping in a comfortable bed. When she's with me, she won't have to worry about that because I sleep on a Novilla mattress. Let me tell you, when your mom is at my place, she is sleeping on a very comfortable mattress and she is going to get you one as well. Meet their Bliss Organic Memory Foam Mattress. Perfect for those who want a cool, dry, undisturbed sleep throughout the night, made with organic bamboo charcoal fiber, excellent motion isolation, cooling gel-infused memory foam that fits all bed frames and is reasonably priced. Perfect for if you want an inexpensive mattress for you, your children, or even for your guest room. It comes in a box delivered right to your door, and you get 100 nights to try it out. Skip that trip to the big box mattress store and get a mattress from Novilla. Throw out that cheap Walmart mattress you got in college and get yourself a mattress made by Novilla. Using promo code SHWEEZY or the link in our description, you can save 10% on any purchase through Novilla directly. Try out the mattress that your mom tried out last night. Again, that's 10% off using promo code SHWEEZY. And a reminder, when you use our links, you directly support this show. What is going on, my fellow Schwokelors? What is up? Welcome to yet another episode of Cancel Sweezy, better known as the Lord's Trademark Favorite Podcast. What's going on, everyone? How's everyone's day going? Did you just wake up? Did you just wake up? Are you driving to work right now? Are you, are you, are you putting me on your TV as you do your house chores so you can hear what I'm trying to say? Are you, are, are you at work right now? Are you, are you at work right now? And you're listening to this? Uh, if you are, and this is your first time, Put on, just put on headphones. I'm just, <coughs> I'm not that dirty, but it can get kind of weird. Just, just saying. Come on, Mark, don't be stingy. Uh, we can get kind of weird. So, uh, yeah. But anyway, are you work? Are you driving home from work? That's always the worst part. Cause everyone, I don't know. I feel like going to work, uh, people can be slow, but like at the same time, uh, people like. But I feel like everyone's at least trying to get there as long as there's no like traffic problems or any other bullshit, but, like, on the way home from work always, people drive so fucking slow. It's like, I hate my family. Therefore, I'm going to take my time on this drive, and everyone else is going to suffer for my poor life choices. So, uh, yeah. But I don't know. I, I'd like to hear some thoughts on that. Like, which is worse, the drive home from work or the drive to work? But I feel like you're kind of, like, one of those people who are always kind of, like, on the line of being on time, you know? Like... Getting to work, you know, that's like it can be kind of rough sometimes. Uh, anyways, though, uh, we have we have a show to do today. Uh, I got this. Uh, so I so I figured out that uh, who's Harry Styles? I figured out what cologne he wears. He wears like Tom Ford, uh, to pack tobacco vanilla. I believe that's what it's called, tobacco vanilla by Tom Ford, which I believe is close to like three hundred dollars. Anyways, though, I found, uh, apparently it's the same formula, but I got it for $12. I needed new cologne anyways, so I was like, I'll smell like Harry Styles or, or Olivia Wilde's vagina, if, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, but anyways, though, yeah, I'm like, yeah, so, yeah, it did get me thinking a lot more about, like, uh, which I might even need to do, uh, an expose on the, on the cologne perfume industry, because... I don't, you know, I can get, I can get to like spending twenty to thirty dollars 
on a product. Like, you know, I, you know, I'm, you know, I'm big into hair products, you know, and, uh, like, at least in, like, hair clays and, like, pomades and stuff like that, uh, I've seen some to 50 but even then, I've seen some at, like, $20, $15 that are honestly just as good. Like, I, I mean, I've tried a decent amount of them. I have a couple favorites I like. Uh, Blue Mon's always a great brand. Uh, I do, like, Lockhart's. Lockhart's has, like, this matte clay, and they used to say medium hold, and I'm like, that's a lie. It's, a, it's actually a really good hold. Uh, anyways, though, cologne industry, uh, perfume industry, is is... Maybe I need to, I'm a, I, I actually do think I should probably do like an expose on this, but do y'all think that it's just the same shit and they just mark it up with the bottle? I mean, like it, do, it doesn't, like me saying that is not a surprise, but I'm not like an expert in like the, the sense industry or whatever you want to say. But I'm just saying if I could buy the same fragrance that Harry Styles pays $300 for, like, like, you know, I mean, I am basically Harry Styles. I'm just like a fat Harry Styles. I, do, I, do, I would love... If someone told me, you're like a fat Harry Styles, I would actually take that as a compliment. Because, uh, you know, we can't all be... I have... What's it? Well, at one show, I'm like, you remind me of the, the singer from the Bowling for Soup. I'm like, he's really fat now. I, I love Jared Reddick. I love him. But he is fat now. And I don't want that to be the reason. Uh, but anyways, though, uh, make sure you check out Stonehouse's new single, American Honey. I recorded it, and I was the bass player on it. Uh, wherever you stream the music under Stonehouse, all one word, American Honey, that is also two words. So uh, definitely go check that out. We worked hard on that, and uh, you definitely did enjoy that. You can also find more music with solo stuff under Sweezy. I am S-C-H-W-E-E-Z-Y. It's like cancel Sweezy, you just take the cancel out. Um and, uh, you, yeah, basically it's pretty, it's pretty simple from there. Um, so I'm working on new music right now. I'm hopefully going to get some, uh, releases coming up and, uh, coming up, man, I don't have that one. Uh, but, uh, coming out, uh, coming down to you later this year. So that's the, it's the 2023 goals to have a couple singles coming. Maybe, you know, uh, I have to finish it first. I want to finish it before I do anything like that. Uh, you can also find out more announcements by me. I post podcasts. I post other things. I tell you when I go live and everything. Uh, at the Shweezy everywhere, uh, including twitch.tv slash the Shweezy. Uh, every Thursday, I skipped last Thursday, I had some other prior commitments. Uh, but this uh, com- Thursday coming up, uh, I, I believe I am going to finish my Pokedex for Pokemon Violet. I am going to finish that motherfucker, and we... I'm telling you, we are going to get that shiny charm, and I'm finally going to find a shiny Pokemon. That's cool. Uh, on Twitch, what you can go ahead and do, uh, if you have an Amazon Prime account already, you make sure you go and subscribe over on Twitch. Now, it can be a little confusing, because if you're just on Twitch, you can follow anyone on Twitch. Anyone on Twitch, you can follow for free. That's free. But to subscribe to someone, you pay to subscribe to someone, but you can follow anyone for free. It's a little confusing, but I hope that makes sense to you. But if you don't have an Amazon Prime account, instead of paying like the $5 to subscribe to someone, basically you get one free. And I want to help out Daddy. That's my hole. That's where it spits. So, yeah, definitely check that out. It's a great way to financially support us without spending any extra money than you're already spending. Our Patreon page is a way you can just spend money uh, and stuff like that. So, uh... That's also really cool, too. Uh, it's basically just a tip jar right now, and uh, I, I always consider it uh, 
like the Golden Girls. Thank you for being a friend. Stuff like that. But don't forget all the free shit you can do. If uh, if you're on the if you're listening to us on audio and uh, you're in a position where it's like, huh, I could watch this on or listen to this on YouTube. Make sure you go. Make sure you go to our YouTube page and check us out there. We're trying to build up algorithm our algorithm over there. You do more views. We're trying to become a partner over there. So definitely go check it out over there. Or at least in the worst case scenario, I know some of you drive. At least go check out our YouTube page. Make sure you're subscribed to that shit because uh, we are posting highlights and we're posting other stuff. And like I said, we're infiltrating algorithms. We're trying to get to be a partner over on YouTube. And um, you know what? That's it's just one step further along. We have goals. We all have goals in life. One of our goals is to get a partner on YouTube. That's that's the big reason why we are a video show. Like, uh, if you have noticed, I got a haircut, and uh, I'm looking pretty fresh right now. I need to remember to do this more often. Uh, Pre-Pandy, I would go every month. Every month, I would go and get it. Uh, Post-Pandy, uh, I wait till it gets uncomfortable and looks bad. Then I finally get a cut, which is not what you're supposed to do. I think I went, like, November to April without getting a haircut last year. It was bad. It was really bad. Uh, anyways, though, and obviously if you're on the audio platform, leave a review. Leave us a five, four, three, two, one star rating. So that's cool. That's neat. Cool stuff. Uh, do we? Oh. Cool stuff. Slick stuff. Neat stuff. <laughs> as you know, uh, as you know, they would say, I'm drinking. I'm drinking PBR today. Uh, I have a blue screen, not a green screen. So if you're watching right now, the blue on the can. Is invisible. Uh, you are seeing a brick wall, which is the brick wall is real. No, you know, it's not a it's not a blue screen. It's a brick. It's just the the PBR blue, the blue ribbon in the PBR. It it's looking like a brick right now. So here's feeling good all the time, folks. Ah <sighs> <clears throat> oh, man. Okay. So. I played a gig Saturday, and, uh, you know, to make some money, you know, money gigs, you know. Uh, and, um, you know, when you're playing, like, local gigs and you're playing, like, all your original stuff, like, it's a good possibility no one's showing up to that shit. But, like, when it's, like, a bar hiring you to entertain, like, and you're probably playing covers and shit like that, situations like that, you kind of expect the bar, like, they're going to put X amount of money up front for you. And it's like, if you're going to put X amount of money up front for a band to come in, uh, you want to make sure that uh, you make your money back from that. And uh, I guarantee you, uh, this bar made more money that night uh, from me and the drummer drinking than anything else. Uh, But there was a weird guy there uh, who did not... If you want to know this kind of guy, he's old. And uh, he does not speak in complete sentences. Uh, the the singer was outside smoking, you know, in the back, and this guy just came up and started singing Amazing Grace. It was, it was a cool time. Uh, and he left uh, w- the guitar player's girlfriend a weird note uh, that was ineligible. We couldn't, we didn't figure out, we couldn't figure out what the hell he was trying to talk about. Um, and uh, it had a flower drawn on it. It was really cool. I took a picture of it, but I don't think I'm going to, I don't think I'm going to, I don't think I'm going to post it on the podcast. It was just really funny. Uh, to me, and, uh, anyways, though, it's been a minute since I played, you know, it's just, it's just weird, you know, like, when you're, like, they're, like, yeah, you're gonna get, uh, whatever ticket sales we get, you know, or whatever door sales we get, you know, and you're, like, okay, that makes, that makes sense, you know, and then it's, like, we're gonna give you X amount of money up front, just entertain our bar patrons, <clears throat> and then there are no bar patrons, that's just so fucking, so fucking weird. Come on, Mark, don't be stingy. Anyways, though, we should probably get into it. 
This is previous week right now. Previous week right now is the news from the previous week that I'm going over right now. I don't really want to. I, I really don't want to get into it today, folks. I, I'm I'm not in the mood to get into that shit today. Hold on, gotta adjust the brick wall real quick. Uh, and stuff like that. I need to figure out a better solution for this. Uh, from what I've been doing. Um. Anyways, though, uh, let's just jump into it. Or nope. Let's just jump into it. Uh, see what's going on here. Um, this is from CNN. Uh, so cool, cool. Uh, so cool stuff, slick stuff, neat stuff. That's what CNN stands for. Um, maybe we cried too much over shoplifting. Walgreens executives say. Uh, throughout the pandemic, major retailers have warned about surging theft and a rise in brazen shoplifting attempts, but a top Walgreens executive now says the freakout may have been overblown. Maybe we cried too much last year in merchandise losses. Walgreens finance chief James Cahoe acknowledged Thursday on an earnings call. The company's rate of shrink merchandise losses due to theft, fraud damages, misscanned items, and other errors fell from 3.5% of total sales last year to around 2.5% during its latest quarter. Uh, Kehoe's message is a notable shift from comments th about theft from Walgreens and other retailers like Walmart and Target over the last nearly three years. Companies and retail industry groups have tried to draw attention to shoplifting and organized retail crime, ring smashing windows and grabbing aisles full of merchandise off shelves, urging lawmakers to crack down incidents have certainly happened. Many political leaders in local and national news outlets, including CNN, have picked up on viral incidents of smash and grab robberies. So retailers took action. Some began locking up more products like deodorant and toothpaste, adding extra security guards, and even shuttering noise stores. However, it's not clear to the numbers add up. For example, data released by the San Francisco Police Department does not support the explanation Walgreens gave that it was closing five stores because of organized retail theft, the San Francisco Chronicle reported in 2021. One of the shuttered stores that closed had only seven reported shoplifting incidents in 2021 and a total of 23 since 2018, according to the newspaper. Overall, the five stores that closed had fewer than two recorded shoplifting incidents a month on average since 2018. Similarly, a 20 2021 Los Angeles Times an analysis of figures released by industry groups on losses during due to organized retail crime found there is reason to doubt the problem is anywhere near as large or widespread as they say. Okay. Uh, what? So, yeah, here's... Actually, I heard something about this. It's probably just something I heard someone say on TikTok, which you should not take the what, you, what someone nonsense you hear on TikTok. You should not be taking that as, like real all the time, but if you want to back it up. But I heard, so I'm just going to tell you what I heard, folks, um, that, uh, like, companies, like, I mean, like, small, small businesses, shoplifting can do a lot, but, like, businesses like Walmart and, like, you know, Walmart, Walgreens, Target, stuff like that, uh, like, they need a specific amount of shoplifting. It's something weird that they need a specific amount of shoplifting to happen. Yeah. Uh, someone probably knows more than me about that, uh, but I don't know. But I know that. But it, I mean, it makes it kind of makes sense because, because um, like, okay, so if you, I know from McDonald's working, uh, working there, that uh, you expected to have to throw away a certain amount of food, like you messed it up, it dropped on the floor. Etc. Etc. You had a trash can, and like one person, I had to do that regularly. Had to like pick it out and count like how many burgers did we throw away? How many things? You had to be in a specific trash can for that. And you're, as a business, you're expected 
to, you know, to have some sort of loss. And it's just, it's just, you know, it's just the cost of doing business. Uh, like that. Now, if you worked at McDonald's and you had a cool manager and you're like, Hey, if you want to eat a nugget or something, just mark it down in the, in the trash bin. So they, they know, which I don't actually, it just depends on how cool you're like the people are like, like even then, like McDonald's making so much profit, it's not even a big deal. And that, and that's another thing too. I always think about how it's like I would never rob. Like the easiest places to rob would be small stores. You know, that's the easiest stuff to mark because they don't have like security guards and shit like that. You just get it, run out and run. Uh, and then so like yeah, but also though I know like they're not like rich people working at those shows. They're just like trying to make a living, doing their business. Uh, you know, being being who they are, you know. Feel like a woman, a real Feeling like a woman, a real woman. Uh, but then, like, the places I would rob would be, like, Walmart, Target, and stuff like that. But they, I know they have, like, security guards that are monitoring the store and shit like that. Uh, like that. And uh, you may be able to get away, like, and stuff like that. And, uh, like, they hire security guards that can arrest people and shit like that. It's, it's weird. And so, like, the places you should rob, don't. But, like, I guess some people do get away with it. You just have to be really sneaky. Um, also, uh, just, a, just a guess. I'm not trying to say anything mean to anyone. I'm just saying being white will help you rob places a little bit easier. I'm just saying it's, it's just how it is. I don't get to – I didn't make that rule. I'm just saying if you're white. I look – I'm white too, but I don't rob places because I have too much anxiety. Uh, but I would rob Walmart if I had the chance. Uh but then also, if you live in a small town, like, you, you can't just be robbing the one Walmart, like, in 50 miles, you know. Regardless, though, nevertheless, he persisted. I think I'm done talking about that shit. Hmm. Okay. This is from Buzz. Not BuzzFeed. Buzz. Uh, Study shows women can smell the difference between single men and those with a partner. That's rough, buddy. A study has uncovered that women may actually be able to smell what men are available when men what men are available and what men aren't, with single men having more body odor than those who are in a relationship. Uh, the study, in a nutshell, the Australian study published in the journal Frontiers in Psychology gave 82 women between the ages of 18 and 35 who identified as heterosexual t-shirts worn by men after they had exercised. The t-shirt came from 91 men who wore the shirt for a period one day while undertaking a moderate amount of exercise. The shirts were then collected from the group 45 of which were in relationships and 45 of whom were single. After they were given the t-shirts, the women were asked to smell the shirts and look at pictures of the men wearing them. They were tasked with rating the men based on their attractiveness and whether or not they looked like a good partner. Researchers determined that the body odor of single men was more pungent to the women than the sweat of those who were in relationship. What has been said uh, explaining the research the authors of the study wrote from an evolutionary perspective it may be advan advantageous for women to be able to detect the chemo signals that connote coupledom and ultimately avoid courting partnered males, especially with offsprings, due to the relatively reduced resources they can offer. While the current results show a single man's body odor smells more intense and their face appears more masculine than a partner's man, partnered man, the findings are preliminary and require replication. A specific aim of future research would be to determine whether testosterone levels are responsible for, for the difference in body odor and face ratings between single and partnered men found in the current study. So I've always been, yeah, this has always been interesting because 
there there is some like there is some weird thing because like it's clearly we're we're all animals. We're all animals. Some of us hotter animals than other. Uh, just, I'm just remembering the guy named Trash who was like. Uh, I was like, hey, Trash, do you have a girlfriend? He's like, I actually have a wife for 35 years and three girlfriends. I'm like, oh, man, are you polyamorous? He's like, no, nah, I don't fuck animals. Uh, anyways, though, do you, do you all fuck animals? That's a good question. But it's very interesting, though, because I've always... So is this article saying that, like, the body odor, like, they prefer... Or are they just able to... They're just able to tell between it, right? That's what I'm trying to read here. Uh, they're able to tell the difference between, like, they smell it, and they're like, that guy's single. Smell that guy. I'm like, that guy is in a relationship. Uh, ranking the men best on their attractiveness and whether or not they look like a good partner. Hey, that guy looks hot. I bet he'd be a great partner. But, uh, that's, that's uh, you know, that's not true. That's rough, buddy. Uh, more pungent to the women than the sweat, and that was what's been said. So, it may be managed for women to be able to detect their... So, yeah, so... I guess in an evolutionary standpoint, it's saying that we're not going for a partner's man. Uh, so does it really go into the fact? Like I'm trying to think here, like because I've always kind of had like a mindset that women find it more attractive, find men more attractive when they're in relationships, which is some bullshit. Okay, but that's just a, that's just a lot of bullshit right there. Uh, and it's not like a thing like a woman's like, I just like men who are in relationships. I'm a, I'm a slutty little slut. No, it's just like, there's just something that clicks. It's evolutionary. I don't know what's going on. That's why you see guys who are married be able to cheat. I'm like, I can't even, you know, I'm like, I barely keep one person at a time, you know, I barely have time for one person. So I'm just like, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, so it's, I don't know, it's weird shit like that. So are women... Well, women smell the single guy's clothing. Are they more attracted to it? Or are they like, more like, let's go full throttle? This is the type of guy you get. Let's go full throttle. Or are they like, ew, single guys? Or are they just like, ooh, married men? So I've always thought that was, in I've, I thought that was interesting. I don't know. There is something that is weird because uh, men who do, and I, I generally want to say, it's, women aren't at fault for like what I'm trying to fucking say here. Uh, it's not, you're like, I think there's, there's something because you know women are more attracted to like confidence and shit like that. So when a guy's in a relationship and he's not like looking to, he's not on the prowl to look to fuck anyone. He's just like, there's like hmm, he's just you have like a there's there's something about that when there's like this confidence level. I would assume that women are attracted to and stuff like that. Uh, I wish I was a scientist so I could explain these better, but I don't know. So here's the question then. Uh, it's, see, you can tell the so it's, you can tell the difference between single and uh, partnered men. The question is, I know you say it's more pungent. Now, however, is it better or worse? That's the question. That's the that's what we need to that's what we needed to figure out in society today. Uh, because in my mind, I, I would think like the I think the relationship guys are better. I don't know. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just a negative guy. Maybe I'm just. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just down in the dumps. I don't know. Uh, it's already it's still January. Goddamn. I like fucking like this. Uh, you know, T-shirt one around. I'm just like you know I'm trying to look into this. It says it's more pungent. But is it saying? But is it saying like? But are women like I like this or that I don't like this? According part. Okay, so it says. Okay, I'm reading this here. Detect the chemo signals that connote coupled them. Ultimately, avoid courting partnered males. 
ultimately avoid courting partnered males, especially with offsprings due to their relatively reduced resources they can offer. Okay, that makes sense. But I know a lot of guys who are married with kids, and they have a lot more resources than me. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, anyways, though, uh, fellas, women can smell your, your loneliness, and it's sad. All right. Drink all this beer, right? Yeah, okay. All right, here we go. Uh, Noah Schnapp of Stranger Things fame comes out as gay. Family says, we know. That's rough, buddy. It's from the Indian Express. Uh, Stranger Things actor Noah Schnapp, known for playing the closeted gay teenager Will Byers on the Netflix show, has officially come out gay in real life. According to The Hollywood Reporter and American Entertainment News outlet, the 18-year-old actor Schnapp shared a video to his TikTok that read, When I finally told my friends and family I was gay after being scared in, scared in the closet, scarred in the closet, for 18 years, and all they said was, we know. <laughs> the clip was sent, set to audio that played, you know what, it never was that serious. It was never that serious, quite frankly. Uh, will never be that serious. Um, I guess I'm more similar to Will than I thought. She now wrote in the video caption referencing Will's sexuality on Stranger Things. Reported the Hollywood Reporter, throughout the show's run, Will's sexuality has been a question, specifically when Mike told his friends, in the heat of an argument, it's not my fault you don't like girls. As for the Hollywood Report, Porter during season four, volume two, episode Will even takes an emotional moment to profess his love to Mike, but pretends he's speaking from Eleven's, Millie Bobby Brown's point of view, not his own. The horror mystery show will come to conclusion in with its season five. However, no start of production has been announced yet. So, you know, you know, if I if I was a father, if I no, if I was a father. Uh, and, you know, you just, you just have a kid, you know, and, like, you're just, they're just growing up, let them, let them be, nor be their thing, and you're like, that kid's kind of, kid's kind of fruity, you know, and you're just like, I love him, he's kind of fruity, and you're like, whatever, and then eventually he's like, he's gay, and I'm like, did you finally figure it out? Because we've known for a while, brother, uh, you know, we've known for a while, brother, and, uh, it took you long enough. Uh, so that's fine. I don't, I don't like the, and I guess they've made points about that, you know, in, 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 in Stranger Things, but, you know, I, well, I mean, I don't mind him, Will being gay. I don't like that whole, like, he's in love with Mike shit, you know, because I don't know, I feel like, you know, you know, even like kids, you know, when you're a kid and you're not like trying to fuck all your friends, you're just a kid playing games. And then you grow up and you're not like in love with your friend who's straight, you know. I could be different, but like, you know, uh, most gay guys are like, this guy's straight. Uh, he's, he could be, he's hot, but I'm like, I know a lot of lesbians are hot, you know. And I'm DTF. If they, I have my dream fucking, if my life could be a porno and you could be involved in it, what would it be? It's like, that's a lesbian couple. Uh, they want to have a baby and they want you to be the sperm donor. However, you have to do it naturally. So then you, you know, that's how the porno works. Um, anyways, though, uh, didn't also, like, Millie Bobby Brown and Noah, like, make a pact, like, when we're 40 and single, we're gonna marry each other, and, like, you know, you know, that's, that's, like, an old Southern kind of wedding, right? You're, like, you ever see, like, those ladies, like, who are married to a guy, and you're, like, how did anyone find this woman ever attractive? It's because that guy's secretly gay, and there's... Getting married because you had to. 
Uh, you know? Um, Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. Feel like a woman, a real woman. Oh, no, it's this one. This is the type of guy you get. But for real, though, so... I mean, like, yeah, good for Will. You know, good for Noah. You know, he's gay. And I was like, hey. but it's also like, oh, that actor came out as gay. I'm like, I don't give a fuck, you know? Like, I don't care. But also, it's like, funny how his family was like, we know. You know? Just like, I just love that shit. Because it's like, because like, coming out as gay, it's like a very, like, it, it just takes a lot out of it, you know? And you have, it's like, you feel like you're telling someone bad news. And if you ever had to tell anyone bad news, it's not easy. Uh, and then you meet, uh, fucking this. And you feel like you're telling someone you're gay, you're giving them bad news, and then it's like, son, your grandpa died. We know. She was like, shit like that. You know, it's funny. It's funny shit, you know? Life's a dirty game, you gotta play good, dirty to win it. Anyways, do they need Will to be fucking someone in the next season of Stranger Things? I don't think so. It's a child. It's been he's been playing a child. I don't I don't even like the romance with the children. I do not give a fuck about children romance. I'm just making a point here. Uh we could go without the children romance and I think Stranger Things would be fine. And uh you know what? <laughs> and you know just to uh, just to sum it up, this is the type of guy you get. Have you ever been out in public and thought, "Hey, look at that fat guy." only for it to turn out to be a mirror and you are in fact the fat guy? That was the moment that kickstarted me into becoming the greatest health expert the world has ever seen. But I wasn't born being built different. Like Joe Cocker before me, I get by with a little help from my friends. And my friends happen to be today's sponsor, FNX Fitness. FNX Fitness is committed to creating innovative supplements of the highest quality that provide focus for a productive morning, energy to thrive all day, performance supplements for to reach new goals, unique sleep and recovery formulas to support any sport, and healthy supplements to support an active lifestyle for years to come. I also really enjoy their clothing line that makes you look good while you work out as well. Another thing I love about FNX Fitness is that with every purchase, they donate a gallon of water to a child in need. Start working out smarter, not harder, by using the link in our description today you can save 15% on your purchase. Go save 15% on some of the best supplements out there when using the link in our description. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. When you're at the beach, you aren't going there naked, letting everyone see your little shrunken pee-pee from being in the water. No, you're wearing some sort of clothing to cover up your privates. So why would you let companies you buy products from have access to the privates of your credit cards? That's where today's sponsor, Privacy, comes becomes the clothing for your credit card information. Privacy is the first payment product that keeps your personal information private while being even more convenient than using a physical payment card online. Privacy empowers you to protect your physical card information. Each merchant you share your card information with puts you more at risk to hackers or data breaches. Why not use a privacy card instead? By creating a virtual card with privacy for each merchant you shop with, your physical card is safe and secure. Privacy cards can be paused or closed at any time, preventing any future transactions from being authorized. Privacy cards can also be single-use, meaning they close after just one authorized transaction. One of my favorite ways to use privacy is for a service with a free trial that requires you to put in a credit card to sign but wait, there's more. By using the link in our description, you can get $5 to spend anywhere. That's money you get to use. So start paying the smart way with privacy. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. Oh no! Our table! All right, so I haven't done one of these in a while. 
all. Uh, by one of these, I mean this segment of uh, of Cancel Schweezy. Uh, yeah, we just got through Schwegmas, so or Christmas Schweezy. So uh, I haven't gone through uh, a relevant magazine article. One, because I think we really wrung it out dry. But I've waited a couple months. Now we're back on our bullshit. Um, I'm just trying to see... What the hell, relevant art, relevant magazine seems they need to be publishing in their stupid fucking magazine. And uh, I'm not showing it right now, but uh, on their website, they have Unite Health Share Ministries. And it's healthcare for Christians. And uh, I want to get to that in just a second. But anyway, so today's article, I do want to go over. What My Anxiety Taught Me About God is by Rachel Dimsky, I want to say your name. If I said it wrong, Rachel, I do apologize, but I am going to look at your qualifications right now that Relevant has said, because we got to look at what qualifies these people. Uh, Rachel, I don't hit you yet, so sorry if I... Oh, I mean, Rachel is working towards her MFA at Chatham University in Pittsburgh. She loves few things more than travel, interior design, running, literature, and a good cup of tea. She blogs on... Stupid, steeped in thought. Okay, it looks like you're a blogger. Okay. No, nothing to hate you against, right, Rachel. Nothing, nothing I hate yet. But anyways, though, I do want to talk about that. And this this does get into the, like, Christian-based uh, healthcare system. Might be good if you're, like, a pastor or whatever, but here's a problem I have. So, uh, some of you may know, so we're, the reason why we're going over the article, What My Anxiety Taught Me About God is that I've suffered through with very bad anxiety, uh, which doesn't make sense that I have anxiety considering how I'm like, uh, always want to be the center of attention. It doesn't, I know it doesn't make sense. I know it doesn't make sense. That's severe anxiety. When I was in high school, it was depression, anxiety. And I barely could concentrate. I could, and it's just so bad, you know, like anxiety is so bad. I could barely concentrate. I could have some form of ADHD. I've not been properly diagnosed yet. So I'm not like going to, say anything about that but I've always had trouble concentrating and it's always been anxiety and depression and stuff like that so when I was in high school instead of going to a real doctor or someone who was qualified uh our church had a therapist that would do therapy at the church or whatever and I went there and she you know it was it was very and like I'll tell you it was not good it was I should not I should have went to a therapist. That's that's just a life advice I would tell you, because she didn't fix any of the problems. She's like, you need Jesus more, and it was it was Jesus based therapy. Which how she could actually be charging for real therapy, I don't know. But uh, yeah, that's just life advice for me. I don't care if you are Christian or not. You know, I want you to believe what you want to believe. But when it comes to like health related things, uh, don't go to the church for help. You should go to a doctor. The doctor can be Christian. That's fine. Uh, the doctor could believe what they want to believe, but the doctor should be giving you good medical advice. Uh, medical advice and medical, I've, I just believe medical advice should not have to involve Jesus. My opinion, uh, controversial what? Uh, to a lot of people, but, um, you know. Uh, this is the type of guy you get. So you're just going to have to deal with it. So let's get into this. What my anxiety taught me about God. How do you live as a Christian when you struggle with anxiety? She asked me, looking hesitant, embarrassed even, of her question like she was waiting for me to pacify her with mantras of just have faith or you don't believe enough. I sighed, unsure of what to say. 
I agree with you there. It's a question I've asked myself too. All my living memory, I've struggled with this sin, and I know many things. It's a, many think it's a sin. I've heard that whispered throughout church halls and declared from the pulpit while I shrink back into my corner, trying to hide the tears that well up in stress and anger. I hear those voices in my head reminding me that real Christians don't struggle with anxiety. Uh, anxiety is a fierce, often irrational pest. Its origins, I think, are in what we don't know. When I was little, I was afraid of the dark. In my teens, that fear stretched to cancer, illness, uh, the future, and death. To some extent, we all worry about those things. A little fear tucked in the back of our minds into Sunday, into the Sunday section. But those who struggle deeply with anxiety find that the Sunday section has grown too big. The unanswerable fear and questions are let loose, gripping their hands around our necks in a way that paralyzes us with fear. Questions about faith, about God, about suffering can plague the anxious soul until it's difficult to think about anything else. But it is not the Lord's nature to send us through trials in vain. He can use our struggles to draw us closer to Him, such in this case with my anxiety. It's in ugly depths. I am finding treasures of hope that I will one day lay before the throne in the presence of his, all His angels, because I will know something of suffering and something of His love that even angels do not. Here are a few, few of those things anxiety has taught me about faith. Okay. So, it does sound like we do agree to a certain step that, like, the church is like, don't, don't be anxious, but I feel like mental health anxiety, and I will tell you this, mental health anxiety is so much different from what I would say, just like, oh, I'm worried about my, my test tomorrow at school, like, that's how they, they phrase that. It's like, that's what that the church thinks anxiety is. Like, don't worry about the test. Either you're going to pass or fail. It's all according to God's plan. Uh, but, like, when you're like, but they don't realize anxiety is just like, I just, I just can't. I can't talk to the, someone on the I don't want to talk to someone on the phone today. It's just going to be really bad, even though it's not that bad. And you're like, I, I don't think I can talk on the phone with someone today. Uh, like, I don't think, I don't think I can go out today. I think I just need to stay at home, like, just stay in bed all day. Uh, it's just stuff like that, and that's the part that they that the church doesn't understand. Uh, let me continue with this article. We are not meant to face anxiety alone. It is easy in America, especially, to think that Christians walk the Christian walk must be journeyed in solitude. We are individualists who keep our prayers in Christ private. We find the long-term issues of our neighbors messy and are hesitant to get involved. When I first tried to talk with other Christians about my anxiety, I was met with very caring but also dismissive responses that I just needed to have more faith. Anxiety is not a glamorous problem. It's not one that we like to address because it brings up all that we don't and can't ever know, and so anxiety has become a quiet issue, one that sinks its roots in our hearts and heads but rarely makes it to our lips we're afraid to talk about it because we don't want to look like bad christians so we let it grow, grow untamed in the dark folds at night uh a hundred percent that's what basically i was told for the longest time it's like uh if you're just depressed or if you're just anxious you just need more jesus like i don't know i don't know how how fucking someone can go i you could go full throttle come on mark don't be stingy Let's go full throttle. You can go full throttle in that shit, and it does not make a dent in your mental health. It's like, I don't know, it's like, unless you're a Christian scientist, which you all are just full of bullshit. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry if you listen to this, you're like, I believe Jesus, not science, so you go fuck yourself. Um, but if you believe, there's like, oh, yeah, this person, he he's an amputee, he doesn't have a leg, but, you know, 
if you believe in God enough, your leg will grow back. I'm like, and even like, I, I know pastors and like, you know, who I do generally think are very well-rounded people disagree and stuff, but like are somewhat very well-rounded. Uh, like the amputee question just stumbles them. Like, like why does God allow, doesn't heal amputees? And you're like, you're like, yeah, why doesn't God heal amputees? And stuff like that. And that like just stumbles a lot of people and stuff like that. And yeah, I mean, that's just, that's all even church will say. I'm like, and guarantee most, some churches are better. Like, yeah, you know, if you, if some of you, you know, your anxiety is a mental illness, uh, they'll be like, yeah, go to a doctor, go to a therapist and stuff like that. Like go to a church sponsored therapist so they can tell you the right thing to do about your mental health, even though they are a hundred percent not qualified. This is just like me dragging through the dirt, but just big lesson. Just do not go to a therapist that's involved with the church. Go to a very much a therapist who's like, I am separate from the church. I am separate from this. I am not involved in it. And, uh, they'll let you have your beliefs and shit like that, but it's, uh, makes your life a lot fucking it's i just wish i could tell my 16 year old self that i'm like just, you know go to a real therapist you know um it's okay to ask questions part of the problem with just have faith mantra against anxiety is that it <coughs> it's only dismisses valid questions and fears it can also in some circumstances uneducated uneducated christianity no fucking shit rachel you are fucking spot on <coughs> As Christians, we are walking testaments to the grace of God, and we are to point to point others to the light. We cannot answer questions about the death and life of suffering. Okay, uh, why do children get cancer? Yeah, this is just yeah. And you're you're giving example. Why do children get cancer? Why does it seem like all people die randomly? Does loving God send people to hell? How come you know? And that's just things like and me working on my anxiety. I'm just like you know what? Sometimes I don't know shit, and you just gotta hope for the best. Uh, you know, and yeah, I get it. And like, yeah, it sounds like you're a good Christian. Uh, and, uh, and you, you decided like, hey, I don't want, I don't want children dying of cancer. I don't like people just dying randomly, you know, it's not good for anyone. Um, uh, you know, it just sounds bad. Uh, the thing about truth, although, is that it holds up no matter what you throw at it. Christianity has always been around for so long because it can withstand the counter arguments. Christianity does require a measure of faith, yes, but it's not faith without reasoning. And yes, there are questions that do not have answers, but there are much larger questions that can be answered. It is okay. The Lord does not abandon us in our anxiety. You quoted the Bible. Okay, so you're, you're, you've read it. When I said my foot is slipping, your love, O oh Lord, supported me when the anxiety is great. Okay, so we're moving forward in this article. It does sound like you're you're considering anxiety as uh, as basically just like, oh, I'm worried about the test tomorrow. And you're like more like worried about bigger questions, which I'm not dismissing. Like, why do children get cancer? And, like, and it just makes you anxious and shit like that. I'm like, okay, so, but I'm like, it's not like real mental health anxiety. It's like... I, I consider worrying and anxiety to be two different things. And when the Bible said, and it makes sense to me when like, the Bible's like, do not worry, because of the Bible, or else the Bible was like, do not have cancer, do not have a cold, uh, do not have tuberculosis. That's the Bible. So I'm like, well, I got tuberculosis. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Well, maybe if you believe in God enough, you'll take away your tuberculosis. You know, just uh, doesn't work like that. Uh, you know, there's like, I guess she's quoting David, he had anxiety, but he was just, you know, he's just, you know, stressed out about running a fucking kingdom and shit like that. Um, 
And it was the Rachel. I like I like some of the shit you did, and then it kind of it kind of went off the rails a little bit. Uh, I should probably say though, if you are struggling with your mental health, uh, I mean, obviously there's the difference between suicidal and struggling with mental health. Go go to a doctor, get on some pills, go to a therapist, talk out shit. You know, do not go to a church if you're having mental health problems. You wouldn't go to a church if your leg was broken. You would go to a doctor. That's what I'm telling you. Your brain is an organ. Your brain's having problems. You need to go to a medical professional. You do not need to be going to the fucking church for your health problems. Uh, that uh, That's what I have to say. And, uh, you know, as our, as our buddy Joe would say. This is the type of guy you get. So uh, just, just, just stay there from that. And Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. All right, uh, now that we're done talking about Jesus, let's get on to some real things. So we're going to BuzzFeed. Uh, you know, uh, BuzzFeed is uh, just just utter garbage. It is utter, utter garbage. Uh, anyways, though, uh, this article I want to go over, we're not going to have the extra screen on because it, it does not need the extra screen today. Uh, I'm just going to read it, and you're going to listen to me and watch me and uh, look at the beautiful brick wall I have behind me. So... Uh, here's to feeling good all the time. Let's take a drink, folks. <coughs> all right. <coughs> Get all the burps out. All right, so... All relationships have their ups and downs, but sometimes the hardest part can be recognizing the problems you cause with that partnership. Uh, so now we're going to see people... Who are the bad guys? So it's 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 a bold it's a bold move, Cotton, saying you're the bad guy in a relationship. But uh, I guess some people decide they are too. And I have another burp coming up. All right, uh, our first one, consciously controlling. I recognize that I, that I was thinking and planning too much about our future without being present in our present relationship. I was controlling about trivial details like recipes for dinner and the driving route we chose that I created unnecessary tension. I'm sad and regretful sometimes thinking about how I was in early adulthood and who I may have hurt with my behavior. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm, this is going to be fun. Guess the gender. Uh, and I'm gonna put the non-binaries in there too. If you're somewhere else, I'm just gonna you're with the non-binaries, okay? We can't, we can't all three genders is all we can do today. This this show, the budget on the show is only for three genders. Um, but yeah, I know though, like you're controlling and uh, kind of hard. And I think and, and I think something it is kind of hard when you're a controlling person. Uh, I've never really made it official with anyone controlling. It's that's a little, that's yeah. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna look at a lot of my life here today, folks. This is gonna be uh, this is gonna be rough. Uh, that's rough, buddy. Um, yeah, no, but like it's nice knowing. Like a nice thing about this article is like people realize they're the problem, and I think it's gonna be really funny. I think it's you know, it's okay. You know, it's not. I mean, it's not good that you were a bad person in a past relationship. Like. I have no room to judge anyone. This is, I was just thinking this article, I'm like, I'm going to judge people. We're, we might find someone we can judge, folks. We're going to find someone we can probably judge on this. But, you know, it's, it's very important to be like, you know, sometimes you have to admit you're wrong, you know. Because uh, I can definitely think back at some. I might, might, let's see if I can get more into this, and I'll try to think of one when we get to the end here of how I've been, I was a shitty person. Um, 
ticking time bomb. I used to bottle up all my concerns, frustrations with family, and then explode once a year or so. When my now husband and I had been together for about a year, it happened during a car ride, and he was totally blindsided and freaked out. We pulled over and hashed it out awkwardly, but we're still both raw from our first and only fight. After he dropped me off that night, he got in a car accident and was concussed. I realized that I never wanted that the last thing I said to him to be something angry. I worked on addressing concerns in the moment and discussing things with him instead of suppressing them and blaming them for my poor handling of my feelings later. Now, when we disagree, it's a question of how we can fix the problem so our relationship is better instead of how dare you make me feel this way. Dude, that's that's deep because because uh, I've I, I'm very much someone who can clearly bottle up. I can I can really bottle up some shit. Like to be honest with you, and then uh, all of a sudden uh, I just get mad at people for no reason. Uh, I remember one time I was like playing like video games with a friend, and I guess uh, it was probably a girl problem or something like that, and I was just fucking mad. And you know, when you play video games, it's like it's not serious, but like. Sometimes, like, you know, you're, if, if, if you have something else going on, your friends who usually do their normal shit, you know, you just get mad. Something like that. I'm like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I was kind of going through something. Uh, no, yeah, it's, it's always, yeah, so it's always weird, like, when you go from, like, your family relationship, because, like, when you're, you know, when you're a kid with parents, like, can't be, like, just talking shit and get mad at all the time. Uh, and then, like, when you get into a normal relationship, you're like, oh, we need to act like adults and we don't need to, we need to continue going on with our lives without this shit. And, uh, you know, uh, we live, we're living in a society. I need to get that, George. Fun. Toxic flames. Okay. My ex and I got together in 2017, and by 20, early 2018, we were living together. When we got together, I was still reeling from a number of personal issues that just that left me better jaded in dealing with a whole lot of mental health issues and him also being better and jaded as a person meant that our relationship became centered around that bitterness. We were truly at our worst then. Four years later, I realized that although he had issues that he refused to handle, I was also a level of toxicity, not only to be to our relationship, but to life in general. I was constantly angry, refused to communicate, yada, yada, yada. So I started taking care of myself. I started seeing a psychiatrist who diagnosed me with ADHD, and I'm going to read this. I realized my last thing I needed to fix in my life was the toxic and healthy relationship I found myself in. I realized that I had outgrown the anger and the bitterness, and he refused to do the same, so I broke up with him and moved out. It was a hard, long road, but I'm a much better person for it. Oh, man. So, I don't know. Like, that's the, I think, uh, you know. What? Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just think about, like, my my issues and I always try to make sure people aren't involved like you know if I have to where I'm working on shit you know I just make sure other people are involved but like you get two of that in the same room that's fucking that's a that's a fucking night I'm just a kid and life is a nightmare all right this one's self-sabotage Realizing I had a combination of relationship OCD and CPTSD, I'm remarkably well-functioning and successful, but two years into my first post-divorce relationship, I realized I was beginning to repeat the same patterns I'd had in my marriage that I left and in my long-term relationship prior that I also loved. I didn't matter how wonderful my partner was, how many boxes they ticked, or how happy I was. Some part of me could not accept the idea that things could just be okay. It's insidious. The end was pre permeated at 
in every relationship I've ever had, but it wasn't until my counselor pointed out on my diagnosis I began to realize the problem was me and my own subconscious beliefs. It's been truly life-changing. Yeah, that's something I think I've, uh, I've had to kind of like notice. Like, okay, if it happens in one relationship, it could be their problem. It could be them. They could be the problem. However, you know, like you get into a couple others and this same problem keeps happening. It's you. And, uh, uh, you know, it's like something like, hey, I notice it, but like at the same time, it's like maybe I need to double check some thoughts here on relationships uh, about what I've been doing and uh, see if I'm self-sabotaging. I, I think I might be a self-sabotaging person, folks. I think that may be me. Uh, this is the type of guy you get. But, like, literally, not like a joke of a weird guy sending a video to a girl 20 years younger than him. <coughs> uh, fighting for more, I found my mental health spiraling and all the arguments and crazy toxic fights were turning full-blown abusive on my part. My partner's resulting anger most definitely didn't help. Several thousands of dollars worth of damages, witnesses to the argument, and me having a nervous breakdown and jetting my ass out of the state made me realize I no longer wanted to continue living like this. These things and other unforgivable acts really should have ended the relationship, but for the first time in three years of being together, we really don't fight like we used to. I started meditating more and really working on myself mentally because I don't want to lose myself and hurt my loved ones any longer. Well, that's pretty good. I've been watching uh, The Secret Life of the American Teenager, and I know some of you are thinking, why the fuck are you watching that show? I'm going to create a big-ass segment. I want to create a big fucking segment on the show. I want to I want to do a big deep dive. We're going to make a big segment. I want, I want that video to... And everyone's going to need to watch the highlight of it because I want it to be popular. But, like, I'm at the point... I'm in mid-season two, I think. Maybe I'm getting to the end of season two. And it's, like, Ben and Amy... Like, Ben went to Italy for the summer in Bologna. Uh, Bologna, I think that's how you say it in Italian. Uh, and the show made a full fucking joke. It was like, it's the town known for oral sex. And, like, and then he, like, Googled, and I Googled it, and I was like, oh, this is just a joke for the show. Like, Bologna, Italy is not known for fucking oral sex. But anyways, like, Ben was talking about he was on the phone with Amy every night, you know, uh, and every, every time they talked on the phone, they just argue the whole time, you know? And I'm like... And like that, it's either... So you have to figure out, though, like if you're in a relationship and all you do is argue the whole time, which, like, I'm kind of thinking Amy just likes to argue with people because she's upset she let a guy nut in her when she was 15. Uh, like, it's something like that. It's like, if you just fight, if all you do is fight in a relationship, if that's all you do, uh, I think you need to break up because... Congratulations. You played yourself. But, like, if, you know, like, but I think fights are normal in relationships, and, you know, just, they just fucking happen. I think they happen in every relationship you have in life, but, like, if that's all you do, like, that's, you just gotta stay away from each other, you know? Life's too short for that shit. But, uh, if you realize you're the problem, fix that shit. Uh, next one we have Family Feud. Choosing my abusive family's feelings over my husband's. He was doing everything he could to make my life better, and I was siding with those trying to tear me down. Yeah, you know, I think I have a normal family for the most part. Uh, I think of all the family members, like, I don't have drama with it. It's weird that people are like, you have drama with this family member. I'm like, I don't have drama with any member of my family. And uh, I'm okay with that. I'm just fine. I usually don't try to start drama with shit, but, you know, when you're dating someone, you can't really do that. But I also, what I also realized, though, 
I will always take the woman I date side over my mom's side. Why? Because my mom won't like it, and that makes me laugh. Uh, upsetting my mother is one of my favorite pastimes. Uh, and uh, so it's like, you know, I'm going to choose her side, you know. Uh, you know, I think it's how it is. Uh, oh, yeah, why? Oh, yeah, because she's not in a cult. That's why. Uh, power of persuasion. Uh, I was trying to change them too damn much to be the person I wanted them to be, and this never works. Not only that, I would act like a total child when they didn't immediately hop to it. The silent treatment that tantrums got, I was such a bitch. I saw the light when I would complain to friends over and over, and, and it got to the point where they were avoiding me or flat out telling me to shut up about it. One friend told me, if you're happy with him... Why are you trying so hard to change him? Light bulb, I did, yeah, lost a little searching bronze and really changed my behavior. It still didn't work out, but my, with my now husband, I'm now trying to, dude, for real. I, this is like, oh, this always seems like a woman thing. The only time like guys would ever try to be like, I'm gonna change her. Like the, the only time a guy's like, I'm gonna change her. It's her body weight. I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now. It's like, I'm gonna go to the gym, be really nice to her while she's fat, and I'm gonna watch her drop those pounds. Then she's gonna look good. You know, that's the only time men try to change women. Men, women will just like try to change a man's personality. Uh, as a guy who doesn't, who gets annoyed with women's personality, uh, just just saying, you can't change someone. Like you can change someone, there you can change someone, but it's going to be very small. the The window of how much you can change someone is always going to be very small. Like if he cheats on all his girlfriends, like he's going to cheat on you. Like um, if he's uh, if he eats, uh, if he eats a lot of pizza all the time, you can't change that. Uh, if he if he loves dirty jokes, like you know, come on, Mark, don't be stingy. Uh, he's not gonna change that too. So yeah. Uh, how many of these do we have? Eat. Oh, we got a lot of these. Okay. We don't lack, I mean, we're only halfway there. Uh, we're going to get through these. Family Feud, choosing my abusive family's feelings over my husband's. He was doing everything he could to make my life better, and I was siding with those trying to tear me down. I do think, though, like, I don't have an abusive family, but I, you know, I have my own, I have problems with some people in my family. Uh, no, not going to name one's name, but, yeah. But, like, if you know, you have to know. Like, that's just more like you as a person. You have to know. Uh, like, hey, how good is my family? And, you know, situations like that, like, and then, you know, how good is my partner? And, you know, like, they're a fantastic human being. Like, you gotta side with them. Uh, that, that's, that's the power of pine salt, baby. And that's all I can say. Um, did I just fucking repeat the same? I'm sorry, folks. I repeated the same thing twice. I was scrolling down, I scroll back up. Insecure, having previously been cheated on the past relationship to let my insecurities control me, and it led to me trying to control my boyfriend from snooping through his private messages to having a full-blown anxiety attack whenever he was without me and demanding he come home. I was a nightmare to be with. In the end, we broke up, and when we decided to give it another go two years later, one of the stipulations was that I had to learn to trust him. Okay. So, yeah, that is very... Th well, because, like, when you, you know... It's weird when you got cheated on and stuff like that. Like, now you're, like, worried. I'm like, am I getting cheated? I don't want to get cheated on again. And, and you bring that to another relationship, you have to realize, uh, this person has not given me a reason to not trust them. So until they give me a reason not to trust them, you do have to trust them. And that can be a hard thing to learn about. I mean, I've had to learn it. I know other people who have had to learn it. I'm like, and I, you know, you date people and you're like, are you cheating on me? I'm like, first of all, No. And second off, uh, have I ever cheated on you? Until you, I have a reason for it, then you gotta, 
Yeah, say annoyed. Always annoyed. I found myself regularly annoyed with my husband because he wasn't doing things in the way I wanted them done. Sounds like my fucking mother. I realized one day that if we ever had a child, I would probably spend most of my time stomping out any part of that kid's that their father. That's the. That thought really scared me because that's what my father did to me. He regularly belittled my mother, and I praised for acting like that. And I know that's the cycle. Okay. So, yeah. Um, yeah. That, that is something. I, I don't know. Like, that's why I think it's a good practice for you to, like, stay with someone for a while. You know, you kind of understand who they are. It's just, you know, it's, uh, it's it, you know, it's just basic things. Like, okay, someone's not going to be the perfect person to you. And uh, you just got to be okay with that. And, uh... And uh, you gotta, you gotta, gotta live with that. That's rough, buddy. Spoiled rotten. I'm an only child and come from a privileged family. I didn't have to work to pay for college. My college boyfriend came from a similar background and spoiled me like crazy financially, emotionally, and physically. We broke up after graduation. Since then, I haven't had a successful relationship. I always expected my partner to be at my back and call without realizing that they might have work-related constraints. I myself work too, but expecting too much from my partner has ruined my relationships. Here's the thing you gotta do. Whatever fucking country club your parents are at, have them set you up with someone. I'll fix your fucking problems really quick if that's if that's what you need. One of these days, these boots are going to walk over. What? What am I reading? I definitely played a part in my current relationship almost failing. We met when I was 22 and he was 22. I met... I went to school and had my master's, a career, and was financially, but he barely graduated high school, had a blue-collar job, and was dealing with the consequences of a DUI, and I was barely making ends meet. I treated him like a child and like I was better than him. In hindsight, if I felt so superior, I should have ended it, but I stayed and just took jabs at his confidence. It only led to me emotionally cheating on me. Uh, he was downloading dating apps to get an ego boost, and I found some drunk messages between him and his ex. Obviously, he is the one to blame for the indiscretion but I can see how my behavior influenced him. We broke off our engagement and lived separately for a year to work on our own personal issues. We reconciled, got married, and we're expecting our first baby in January. He's literally the best husband, and I hate that our insecurities almost robbed us. Oh, my have Yeah, ladies, ladies listening today, uh, make sure if you're gonna, if you're dating a man, do not take jabs at his confidence because I know you ladies, I know how you work. The confidence is the best thing uh, after money. I know you like a guy with a lot of money, but I know you like a guy who's very confident in himself. Like, that's attractive to you. Uh, don't take jabs at that. Don't take that jabs at that. Because then you're going to be like, why am I not attracted to my husband anymore? That's why you're being mean to him. That's why. Don't be mean to your husbands. It's not nice. Okay? Uh, you know? That's rough, buddy. Let go and let live. I am very prideful and don't like being wrong. I didn't like the fact that I felt I allowed my exes to be rude to me and never really stood up for myself. Now I get defensive over smallest things because I hold on to what might be on, be an attack to me. I want to be right and not let it go. I have a lot to work on and get through. Yeah, sounds like you're smart. Sounds like you're talking to a therapist. You're you're uh, you're good. You're good to go. Um, messed up mama. I used to get severe anxiety when a relationship was good, calm, and fulfilling. I would start. I would start fights, be cold, doesn't snap everything. I mean, using my minerals to understand that what I did and why I did it goes back to my childhood growing up with my mom. Uh, I was calm only when she was verbally and physically abusive because then I knew what to expect. Our time for me was when she was being nice to me. I would never know when her hand or voice was going to be raised. Dude, yeah, fucking parents. Like, it, I think that's always what... That really can, like, mess up uh, a relationship. What? It's just like... 
uh, like the fucking trauma your parents gave you. I'm like, you know, some people were like, I had good parents, you know, and they were like, they still gave, every parent gives you trauma. I don't know. If your parents didn't give you a trauma, you're making silly, goofy dance videos with your parents. That's all I have to say. The blame game for me, it's the other way around. I had a narcissistic parent and was used to always getting blamed for everything, having to beg for forgiveness just for existing. I ended up with another narcissist and always accepted I'm at fault everything. It took me way too long to realize it's not normal that your partner yells at you for being scared of a big dog or demands a list of everything you've eaten that day. That's fucking fucked up, dude. Don't date... If you, if you read that, if you listen to me say that, and you're dating someone somewhere tonight, you gotta end it. Like, that's gonna be, that's gonna be bad. Uh, the Young and the Restless. I met this perfect guy in college. He was done with university and had a good career, job, and a house. I was just starting college and was too immature to take the relationship seriously. If he came along like two years later, I'd probably be married to him. I was too young and didn't know better. I mean, yeah, that's why you don't get married young. Like, I have friends who got married young. And I'm almost 30, I'm not married, and you know what? I wouldn't change a thing. I wouldn't change a thing. There are those couple women I would have done it with, but, like, you know. I'm glad I'm not married right now, especially some fucking women I dated. The Fixer finally figured out a pattern of taking in broken people to fix them up. I was playing the therapist. I had to look at myself and admit that just because I am into self-help and doing inner work doesn't mean I can do that for people. And most people just aren't interested in doing it anyway, but will gladly take advantage of you. Once I did that, I started attracting healthier mentally and emotionally people into my life. I'm no longer exhausted by the people in my social circle. Dude. Dated a couple of these. Dated a couple of these bitches. I'm telling you that that's do not do that because I don't know. It, it there's a reason why you don't date your therapist. Okay, there's a reason why you're not trying to fuck your therapist. There's there's a reason for that. There's a reason you don't do that. Let's get to our last one. Lastly, attach of the hip. I realized my relationship last year failed because of me. I don't have a lot of friends, and so I latch onto people quickly and expect a lot from them. Since he was the only person I had to hang out with, I created high expectations of these times in my head. So when plans changed or he was busy, I got disproportionately upset. My answer to that question is uh, have your own life. That's, that's why I always want to say have your own life. And uh, other people can jump into it whenever they want to. That's the thing. Other people can be in your life. Have, have your own life. And then date people. And then you get to be in their life. You can be in your life. And sometimes those groups can combine. Uh, but have your own shit going on. That, that's also good. Uh, don't, don't drop everything for a fucking bitch. I shouldn't be saying Don't drop everything for a woman. That's what I have to say. And I think that's everything. So remember... If I said anything that reminded me of you today, uh, you gotta fucking change yourself because uh, that's bad, and uh, we don't like that. And uh, and for the most part, I identify as a fucking threat. Have you ever cracked open a cold one with the boys? The vibes are on, then all of a sudden, you are out of cold ones? Though the vibes are still on, the vibes will soon go off because you are out of cold ones. There's no need to drive when you're under the vibes. That's why today's sponsor, Drizzly, is here to make sure that the vibes continue. Drizzly gets all your favorite beer, seltzer, wine, whiskey, and much more delivered directly to your home. With their easy-to-use mobile app, we are getting one step closer to never leaving our homes. You know it's uh, saying something when it's being praised as the 
Amazon for liquor. Drizzly is my go-to app for getting all the booze I need so I can do other things. So using our link in the description today, you can save $5 off your first purchase through Drizzly. Drizzly has proprietary ID verification technology that it provides to its retail partners that allows drivers to scan IDs for more than a barcode to make sure the purchaser is over 21 years old in the U.S. and of legal drinking age in Canada. Retailers on Drizzly may have a minimum order or delivery fee. So using our link in the description, get $5 off your first order with Drizzly. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. You're not a boomer who still goes to what our ancient civilizations called a store. You buy everything on the internet like a modern individual. What if I could tell you that you could be saving more on your purchases by only making a few clicks on your computer? That's where today's sponsor, Honey, will change your life. Honey is a free browser extension you can download using the link in our description of this episode. Honey searches the entire internet for promo code, coupon codes, free shipping, and anything else that will save you money when buying things online. It's 100% free and at no point will you have to pay for it with all of those many, many microtransactions. It's as simple as pressing a single button and you can start saving money. Not using Honey is basically throwing money away that could be saved for more important things. I recently had to get business cards uh, for myself and Honey literally saved me 60% on uh, like a pack of 500 business cards. It was amazing. Add the Honey extension to your browser today for free by using the link in our description of this episode. And when you support, uh, when you use our links, you directly support this show. That's my hole. That, that's where it spits. All right. It's time for uh, <clears throat> Ask Schwizzy. Uh, this is the part of the podcast where you send me questions. I think DM me at the Schwizzy on uh, Instagram or email the Schwedcast at gmail.com. How are we 108 episodes in and I still have that email? Uh, mystery? I don't think so. Coincidence, maybe? Hotel? Trabago. That's, uh, that's definitely uh, the right answer. Okay, let's just jump into it. Uh, or, no, sorry. Let's just jump into it. Uh, see what we have going on today. I have a crush on my cousin. Help. What? Uh, as weird as the title seems, yes, I and I have feeling I ha, and I feel very guilty about it. I don't want want to grow a relationship between us at all. I just want to stop having a crush on her and move on. Please help. Congratulations, you played yourself. Okay, so we got a lot to think about here. We got a lot to dissect here. So you have a cousin, okay? Your your parent, one of your parents has a sibling, and. You're in love with that sibling, so... Alrighty, that's pretty fucked up. Um, that's rough, buddy. I don't even know how to fucking answer your question. Okay, let me, let's me let use them. I gotta do one of those brain blast things that they did in Jimmy Neutron. Like, brain blast! And, you know, you go into the deep crevices of your mind to try and figure out what the... Um, let's, let's first talk about... Are you George Michael from Arrested Development? Because if you are, you legally have to tell me. That's the rule. If you're George Michael from Arrested Development, you legally have to tell me that this is you. Anyways, um, so... One of the contexts, I know, like... I know black people with their cousins are different, because cousins are just like, that's your parents' other kid, you know? It's just like, that's your cousin, you know? It's weird. I guess my mom treats my... At least my cousins, this, at least somewhat the same way. 
So, more, more and more into it. Um, trying to think here. I'm not letting you break me. I'm not going to let you break me. You're not going to break me on this. But we have to answer the question. Uh, first of all, you need to just stop that shit. Uh, I think, I think uh, maybe a little bit of form of grief, I would say, uh, that because you have to, because you have to realize, um, and I also don't know where the fuck in the country you are, so if you're in Alabama, this is probably just fucking, you know what, man, you should go for it, <laughs> you're in Alabama, be like, go for it, man, South Carolina, like, just go for it, man, Florida, you already went for it, you're not asking this question, you're from Florida, just saying, so we have a lot of things. So I think the first thing you really have to do is realize, talk to yourself. And you have to really honestly tell yourself and come to the realization, though it's going to be a little rough, you know. That's rough, buddy. It's going to be a little bit rough, but you're going to be able to get through it. I promise you, you'll be able to get through this. You have to come to the conclusion and you have to know in your mind, it'll never work out between the two of us. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen between you and your cousin. You just have to figure that out in your mind and understand that. And I think the first part of moving on is going to be acceptance for you. Accepting that uh, this, is some, this is some nonsense. Uh, it's going to be good. I, I did come up with like, oh, you're acting like a real R word right now. Ridiculous. Uh, so... Yeah, I think you got to do that, and then you got to move on. It's, I mean, uh, I'm I'm pretending, you know, I'm just going through my past experience and pretending that it's a girl I did care about, and realizing I wasn't gonna be with her uh, like that. But it's never been a cousin, because uh, all my cousins are weird and they're related to me. That's the real problem. They're all related to me, and I think, and like that's that's the worst part of it all is they're all related to me. So, uh, don't do that. It's bad, okay? Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. Why do men say they feel shame after they masturbate? Okay. So, right now, I mean, I'm almost 30, and I've been this way for a couple of years. Like, you know, I, it, it's, and also a funny thing to say is, like, well, okay, I remember, I remember I had this thought. It's like, uh, God damn it, I wish I remember this thought. But, like, as an adult, it's, like, people knowing you masturbate, it's, like, no big deal. Talking about masturbating, no big deal. Being walked in on masturbating, uh, traumatizing. That is very traumatizing. Something that will traumatize you for the rest of your life. Uh, when I was, like, when I was more in the Christian shit, uh, I do, I do generally think that, like, masturbation, you did feel shame afterwards, but... Like, you were told that, and I remember, like, you know, being in a... And I generally think about this, like, class all the time. I've mentioned this before on the show, but, like, I was in a... I was at church camp. I was in, like, a, like, you know, don't masturbate, don't look at porn class. And uh, the guy talked about how he... The guy talked about how, like, yeah, there's guys who will kill women and keep them in the, keep them in the freezer so we could fuck them whenever he wanted to. And I'm like, I don't think masturbation leads to that. Let's, let's just let's just stop right here. I, you know, I generally think that masturbation is fine. Uh, there, we are getting to a point with porn. We have to have a real talk about like uh, the whole mental part with porn because because you know when I was a kid, even then, like the porn existed, but like 
you know, it was like the family shared a computer. So you had to have a special time of day. Uh, and then before that, you know, you had to, you found a magazine. Uh, like maybe even if you were lucky, like I got a Victoria's Secret magazine. Uh, even for that, like maybe a porn magazine or whatever, you know, it's like, you know, stuff like that. But like now it's just like every kid, you know, has a phone and like just, just looks up porn and you know what and it's weird, you know, there, there's this problem saying that. Well, masturbation, no, like, men need to know. And I, and I generally think that if you've listened to the show before, you already know that. Uh, I believe your your jizz is a poison and men just have to get it out of their body. And it's just a reoccurring thing and it's just it's just how it is and, uh, you know. This is the type of guy you get. So, yeah, so, um, I, you know, I, under, so when I think about, like, why you feel shame after you masturbate, um, going from, like, a non-Christian side, it's that, like, oh, I had to jerk myself off because no woman wants to touch me. And then, like, you know, I figured out, like, you know, friends who got married, I'm, <laughs> all right, the true story, I'm not going to tell you the friend's name, but they were telling me, uh, he just recently got married, and, uh, I guess his wife asked him, like, hey, have you masturbated since we were married? And he's like, yeah. And he's just like, and she was like, you know, like, you know, like curious about it or whatever. I'm like, well, you're not always right. I'm like, I mean, yeah, it makes sense. Like, because, you know, if you're married and shit like that, a healthy marriage would be like, my first option would be having sex with my wife. My second option is going to be jerking off. Because you, you obviously realize, like, you don't always want to fucking have sex all the time, you know? But, like, sometimes you need a nut. Sometimes women need a cream. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, but uh, when I feel like that, it's like the idea was like, oh, you're a pathetic man because you're choosing to jerk yourself off over when you could try and get a woman, you know? And I'm like, okay, but like, even if you do have a healthy relationship, I don't probably, I guarantee you polyamorous people who are having a very, a lot of sex, they're like, you know, sometimes I just got to jerk it off my own. And for men, it is healthy. You got to jerk yourself off sometime. Helps you check for prostate cancer and shit like that, you know? You know, you know, you know, no, no, no. I gotta adjust the, the the brick wall. Sorry, folks. Um, so that's that's intelligent. But uh, when I go back to the Christian stuff, it was like masturbation is sin, and you know, you're jizzing when that jizz is supposed to go into your wife. And it was like it was so fucking weird, dude. Like they're just like you shouldn't masturbate because you know you still feel bad afterwards. And now I'm 29 and I jerk off. I'm like I don't feel bad afterwards. I just like, whoo, a lot of stress gone, and shit like that. But like you know. You know, uh, why do men feel shame? It's because the Bible apparently tells us not. And uh, guess what? I've read the Bible, and guess what? They don't talk about jerking off at all. Okay, there's the closest they came to was one time they were like, "Hey, if you made a promise with your brother that you nut inside his wife, uh, so they could get pregnant, but instead you jizz on the ground, uh, that's bad." That's like the one-time Bible says. It's like, do not spill your seed on the floor. So, fellas, do not jizz on the floor. Also, that's just gross. First of all, vacuums don't clean that shit up. I, we, I have a Dyson, and it's not cleaning that shit up. That's that's a long story. I hope you hope that was something to someone. Anyways, here's feeling good all the time, folks. Another PBR. All right. <coughs> Whew. Why do some men struggle to talk to women? An incident recently made me reflect on this. 
Growing up, I've always heard people say stuff like, he just doesn't know how to talk to women, etc. I rarely or never heard the opposite. What I don't understand is this. Why would someone struggle to talk to women? We ha make up half the global population. We're out and about on a daily basis and present <coughs> and present in nearly all aspects of the public and private sphere. As a man, you'll interact with a woman at some point in your life, whether you want to or not. <coughs> Uh, saying that someone struggles to converse with women generally makes us sound like some otherworldly species. Why then would a guy struggle with the basic social activity or when they say they don't know what to talk about, what talk to women about? That's also weird to me. It's almost as if women are seen as one collective body that all like to talk about it, the same things. There's this assumption that if your con conversation with a woman or subject matter X goes well, surely this applies to all women everywhere. So why do some men struggle with this unless the entire premise is based on the fact that the person is referring to attractive women in particular? The different, that's different, I guess. I can see how it might be intimidating, and the whole can't talk to women starts to make sense. All right, so um, oh, I do want to. I want to start here. Um, first of all, we all know women are just one hive mind. We all know women are just a hive mind. All women are the same. They share one hive mind. And uh, we don't know, men don't know how to talk to the hive mind. Because women are all one hive mind. All women are the same. All women are just the same hive mind. And uh, all women are the same. So when I talk about women, we're all talking about the same woman. We're not talking about different women. Women don't have personalities or opinions. They're all just a hive mind. Okay? Second off. Um, I do want to say, though, men struggle to talk to women. I don't think you're generalizing this, like, you're a man and you don't know how to talk to women. Like, are you Raj from uh, the Big Bang Theory? Because that's that's that already that joke uh, is pretty fucking uh, outdated as is. Uh, but anyways, though, but like, no, I believe the idea. It what the the general consensus is on all this is that uh, do men know how to talk to women? Uh, I don't think talking to women is the problem. It's like you're at work. And you're doing work things, and you're talking to a an employee who is a woman, and you have to converse with them. That's not the problem. The problem is a man seeing a woman he thinks is attractive, or shit like that, and they want to like go up and talk to them and say and like maybe talk a little bit, get to know them a little bit, possibly get to a point where they can ask him on a date, or possibly and eventually. Uh, the whole point is with this talking to women is the point of getting them to touch their wiener. Like, that's the entire point of all this. It's just men uh, need to learn how to talk to women so they eventually will touch their wiener. That's, I mean, don't don't try to add me on that. Uh, but, yeah, no, so it, when men, women, men struggle to talk to women, it's all a romantic thing. And so, and then, and then sometimes, say, I, I you know, I can generally talk to them, but there you get the occasional ones who will talk to you that are very, that are very, 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 that they, they hit the ten, they hit the ten mark and above, and then they start talking to you, and uh, and I think I think the more thing like they talk to you and you're like you just get nervous because like you don't like, act normal because in your mind you're like act normal, act normal, just say words, just say the words answer their questions, have a conversation. 
and then you don't do that because you're it's this way. So I think it's generally for it's not men don't I don't if a guy's like I can't talk to any woman, it doesn't matter who it is, I'm like that, you shut the fuck up. Okay? Uh it's more just like women you're attracted to or like interested in that like that's the problem. And, you know, the the idea of that is you're anxious and stuff like that. And uh you gotta get over anxiety and uh and that is weird, though, because, like, if you're a guy and you're, like, a 3 out of 10, you know, and shit like that, uh, and you want to talk to a 10 out of 10, like, like what you think, the, the idea of what you think is going to happen is going to be you walking in, hey, how's it going? And you like, or you have this, like, oh, do you like this or whatever? And she's going to be like, ew, gross, don't talk to me. Like, that's what you think is going to happen. And that's why guys get nervous and shit like that. They don't want their feelings hurt, too. Um, but anyways, though, uh, fellas, just go up and talk to him, you know, don't be creepy, as long as you're not creepy, uh, the worst that's gonna happen, the, the literal worst that's gonna happen is say, ew, no, uh, or you kill him, but don't, but fellas, if you're, if you're the kind of guy who gets rejected and wants to murder a woman, you, you're not allowed to listen to this podcast, that's for sure, uh, but if you're, yeah, if you, like, yeah, if you're a guy, you're like, I want to shoot out my leg, act confident, Go up and talk to them. It's no big deal, you know. Uh, women are just people too, and the problem is though that that woman you think is super attractive probably doesn't have a good personality, anyways. So it's not even worth it. So, uh, come on, Mark, don't be stingy. What the fuck am I reading here? Should I ask to meet my husband's girlfriend? What? Uh, to preface, my husband and I have an open marriage, and I am completely okay with him being with her. My husband has been dating this woman for over six months, and when they started talking, uh, I didn't really want to know much about her. But now that uh, they have been together over six months, I have been asking, to, oh, having the urge to meet her. I worry it's been too long for me to ask to meet her, and at the same time, Maybe it hasn't been long enough. I really could use some advice. Should I ask to meet at all? If I should ask, who should I be asking him, her, or both? Well, to answer the the last sentence of your question, uh, who the person you probably should ask is your husband. Just the just the whole open marriage shit. Like, I don't know. I I, I don't like feeling like I don't want to. I don't want to say this, and it's like, maybe I'm just old-fashioned and shit like that, but at the same time, it's like, your husband has been dating another person. Uh, but, like, just the thing just the thing to me here, you know, the idea of, like, we were like, oh, I'm in a serious relationship, but we are like, let's meet other people and let's have sex with other people and we'll come back to each other and we, you know, we're co-living together and shit like that. And, you're like, that part doesn't sound bad to me in my mind. It's the fact that, like, your husband has a has a girlfriend and it just seems like the value of this woman is not really worth a lot to each other, you know? It's like, yeah, you're just like my girlfriend, but you're not my wife. Fuck you, you know? Like you're know your fucking place. Like that's what it feels like to me. Um should I ask me Honestly, though, I think you guys should probably see a fucking marriage counselor if we're going to be honest here because like my husband's been dating this woman for six months. I'm like, we got that NRE going for us, you know, new relationship energy. But then you're like, should I meet her? Who should I ask about it? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe your fucking lawyer. 
to get a divorce so you can actually meet people you like. Maybe you're the cow, but he's not a cow, and, like, he's dating shit. And I, why would you want to meet? Just, I don't know. So, I, you know, I've, I have exes, like, it, like from women I've been serious with. Uh, some of them are married, having kids. Some of them have boyfriends. and some of them, We're everywhere in between. And in my mind, it's like, I don't, I, if, if I meet them, it's cool. But if I don't meet them, I'm, it's going to be okay, you know? That's not a problem for me. So I'm not too worried about it, but y'all both y'all y'all both have problems like that I cannot solve. Think to yourself: Should I ask my boyfriend? Should I ask meet my husband's girlfriend? Say that to like like a boomer, like a very Republican boomer. Just ask how that's going to work. That's my only advice to you. Why do I feel like I'm cheating when a guy friend says he has a crush on me, even if I don't reciprocate and reject him? I just feel so bad about it for some reason, even though I haven't done anything really. Okay. Uh, the, the answer to your question is, I haven't really done anything really. Okay. Sounds like you're... <laughs> okay. Uh, I feel like I'm cheating when a guy friend's... Actually, you didn't mention you had a boyfriend. Okay. I'm going to assume you have a boyfriend. Uh, why do I feel like I'm cheating when a guy friend says he has a crush on me? I don't like, because I'd assume it's not cheating. If you're single, and it's not cheating. If you're like, eh, I'm not really into you, that's not cheating. So I'm assuming you have a partner at this point. Uh, but when, here's the thing. Uh, you're, why you feel like you're cheating? Uh, you're clearly emotionally cheating on uh, the, the actual person you're dating. Because there's no... I mean, you know, like, it's okay, you know, I don't, I'm not against, like, you know, uh, you know, women and men being friends, you know, like, I have friends who are women and shit like that, but it's, like, at a point where it's, like, there's no, like, sexual tension between us or anything, you know, it's, there's nothing going on in between us, you know, and it's, like, because I have a friend who's a woman, and it's, like, will you date me? I'm, like, ew, fucking no. Uh, that's the way, like, you can't be friends, you can't be friends with the opposite sex unless you're like you, no. Like, that's the, that's the terms I believe in that regard. Um, but, yeah, 100%, uh, you, you so, it sounds like you've, uh, it sounds like this has happened multiple times in your life, so, uh, something I'm gonna probably just take away from this without knowing you is the fact that uh, you're pretty much emotionally cheating. So this guy you're dating is uh, very much into you, and it's basically any sexual part of your relationship uh, what? basically is like fulfilled in this relationship. However, there's an emotional aspect of it that you're not getting. So you're going to other men for that. That's what it 100% sounds like to me. And, uh, yeah, I think that's wrong because, uh, one, uh, you're basically having a relationship with another man that's not sexual. And uh, I believe that a man who's going to, like, emotionally fulfill you and stuff like that, you got to touch his wiener. That's just how it is. You have to touch his wiener because you're not. It's kind of just basically... Uh, you're basically just using him. And, you know, I'm not saying, like, sex is important, but uh, there's a balance in life. And the balance has to involve getting your wiener touched. That's how it is, uh, you know. This is the type of guy you get... So that, so basically, yeah, basically why you feel bad is because you're emotionally cheating. And people are like, is emotional cheating as bad as, you know, regular cheat as like physically cheating? Like, 
yeah, they're both bad. I think I might have answered that a couple weeks ago, but uh may have drank too much, and I don't forget. But, yeah, they're both just as bad, to be honest with you. The sex part is, like, it just makes you feel gross because, like, fluids were involved. Uh, but emotionally, it's just, like, yeah, but the guy might not give a shit that you're emotionally cheating. He's like, yeah, I found this girl. She has sex with me. And then she doesn't bother me with her problems, so it's really nice. Like, I've, I hit the jackbox, fella. Jack, jackpot, fellas. Jackbox fucking party pack. Uh, jackpot, fellas. So, yeah, just remember you're emotionally cheating, not physically cheating. Uh, and uh, if you have you need emotional support, do not go. Make sure the guy you're touching, the guy who's winning you're touching, he has to, you know, kind of be that emotional relationship with you, not uh, just some random fun guy. What? <clears throat> okay. Um, my boyfriend doesn't want sex. Is it okay to ask for head? My boyfriend doesn't always want sex, but I do, like, all the time. He'll ask for BJs, and I never deny him, even if I don't get anything out of it. Sometimes he's just not in the mood for sex, but I am. Is it wrong or weird if I ask him to finger me or give me head, even if he doesn't have to fuck me late after? <coughs> or is it like a blue ball? Or is it like a blue ball thing? I'm willing to pressure him to fuck me if he doesn't want to, and I enjoyed head slash being fingered. Okay. A little too, little too inappropriate for some of you. This is the type of guy you get. But, so, you know, you're, you're a woman asking your boyfriend for this. Okay. So, in my mind, I want to talk about, you know, usually you get this on the opposite end of the spectrum. You don't get this on, you don't get this as a, like, you get this usually as a man uh, who's having a problem with a woman who doesn't want sex and then a guy needs it. Because, uh, you know, I'm a guy, so I know, like, remember, we talked about this. Men have to jizz because it's a poison in our bodies. But now this is the opposite of the situation. So, fellas, you, you, so, like, I wish I could talk to this guy for real. I'm like, look, you know how, like, if you're all horned up and you don't get a jerk off and your girl's not going to help you out. Like, you just get blue balls. Like, now, women don't get that, but you need to be considerate about her feelings. Um, one, because, like, hey, she does this for you, but sometimes it's the opposite way around. You know, you have to be considerate. And I do consider people who are like, yeah, we have sex, like, once every six months. Like, I want it a lot, but, like, she just doesn't really, she's not really into it. I'm like, look, sometimes, I, I'm generally a believer in this, sometimes you do have to have sex with your partner, even if you're not into it. You know, even if you're not having a good time, it's mainly just for them. You know, it's just for them. It's all for them. And I believe 100% that you just got to, sometimes you got to suck it up and do it for them. Sometimes you got to, uh, you got to just figure out how to get hard and do it for them, even if you're a little tired. Just get them off, then you're like, I'm all right, now time for sleep, you know, or whatever. You know, it, it is what it is. Uh, and, like, ladies don't get blue balls, men do, and uh, that sucks, but, uh, yeah. And also, I mean, this may just be because I'm kind of fat, but, uh... Who's not hungry for an extra meal? You know what I'm saying? Uh, for real. Like, who's not hungry for an extra meal? So, so yeah. So, yeah. Uh, is it okay? Yeah, he should be... You know, it's like it's a, it's like a coin flip type of situation, you know? Uh, I would say, I was like, oh, I want to have sex, but he doesn't want to. I'm like, you know, it's like kind of like 50% of the time, like, he should be like, I'll get you off. You know, I'll help you out. Uh, the other 50% of the time is like, figure it out, stupid. You know, it's just, uh, 
That's how that's how the world works, and you know. I identify as a fucking threat. Which is also a problem too. All right, here we go. We're we're ending the show today, folks. Is getting someone flowers for a first date when you know you both like each other a big deal, or is it not too much? We've hung out before the date a couple of times and know each other well. Uh, yeah, I feel like you're pretty confident in your situation. I would say, uh, yeah, flowers are going to be a great thing. I think flowers in your situation will 100% work and will be a very nice thing. Now, uh, now everyone's going to be like, uh, what? You don't seem like the kind of guy who'd be like, do this. This guy is like very confident in uh, what he has. And so the flowers is a good thing because he wants to be. The problem is the chick who might just be going out for you for a free meal or the chick that doesn't really into you, but you wore her down to go out on a date with you and you're going to buy her dinner and shit like that. That's not the chick you buy flowers for. Like, You got to know the value of the woman you're dating, and the value of a woman is different between every man, but also it's like, this chick, sometimes women suck. Men suck too. A lot of women suck, though. And so, like, if you're going to date a woman who sucks, maybe try to get your knob sucked, you know? You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe you shouldn't buy her fucking flowers before the date, you know? Because she's not going to appreciate She's probably going to throw that shit away, you know? You know, but uh, for the most part, yeah, no, I would say uh, what you have going for you, I would say for the most part, yeah, I think it's definitely good for what you have. But uh, read the room, fellas. Anyone else reading this, too? And women never buy a man flowers. Do not buy a man flowers. I getting like for me, if someone gave me flowers, I would get I would just get frustrated. I would be I'd be frustrated. like. Why would you give me this? I do not want this. No, it's like a plan. Like, it's like giving someone a fucking guinea pig. It's like, oh, I have to take care of this now? I have to buy it food and shit like that? I have to take care of it? You know, it's fucking nonsense. Uh, but, you know, I think the flowers for a woman. Uh, women like that shit, so you get it for them. It's all good. And with all that being said, I guess we're done for the episode today. Thank you for tuning in to Cancel Shweezy, better known as the Lord's Favorite Podcast. Follow my music under Sweezy or uh, at the Sweezy, wherever you get your social media, twitch.tv slash the Sweezy. Make sure if you have an Amazon Prime account, subscribe to the show to help us support us financially, along with our Patreon page, where you can support us financially as well. Uh, don't forget all the free shit you can do, uh, like going to our YouTube page, subscribing, leave us a comment, watching all our highlights, sharing the highlights with your friends. And if you're on the audio platforms, give us a 5, 4, 3, 2, or 1 star rating. And uh, leave us a review as well. Uh, as well. So uh, I will end this honk if you love butt drugs. And stay awesome. Believe it or not, Schweg isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. I must be out or I pick up the phone. Where could I be? Believe it or not, I'm not home. You just finished a full episode of Cancel Sweezy. You are now one of the smartest individuals who will ever exist in our world. Uh, if you like that episode, make sure you subscribe, whether you're watching this show or listening to the show, make sure you subscribe. That way you get notified whenever we release full new episodes as well. And if you're on YouTube, smash that bell button. That way you get notified anytime we make a post over here on YouTube. Uh, honk if you love butt drugs, and uh, yeah, stay awesome.